Well, and so far, he's doing exactly that. Like he's he's performing well on the field and incredibly badly outside of it. So it seems. I, I, I think Adam said something, and like it is Jake White's sort of process, and you can almost follow it with all of his teams in a way. He comes in, he brings in sort of his people, whoever they are, and then at that point they um, they get some results because. But he doesn't look to the future. He doesn't look to development. He doesn't look to relationships and basically once his people once he goes his people fuck off turns out he's done fuck all development and he just leaves the club completely in the shit yeah no definitely that sounds 100% correct we saw that cycle with the sharks we saw it with the brumbies we saw it i assume he fucked up in japan i don't know enough about what happened there but i assume it was a train wreck by the end yeah I don't know. Shame. He's a shit bloke. Yeah. Anyway. Um, did you guys... Okay, so much like our fantasy league, did you see what happened in England this week? Uh, no. Essentially, the... Well, I mean, you can have to be more specific. <laughs> yeah, no, so then we'll, I, I preface it by like much like our fantasy... Because I want to talk about sale, but I thought I'd talk about the much more hilarious broader con- context in that... Much like our fantasy league is run off an Excel spreadsheet, that they oh, were <laughs> they were tallying fucking uh, COVID I, results like, uh, on uh, Excel uh, and ran out uh, of space. I I, I I wish it was I wish it was Excel. It's fucking Google Sheets. Like Excel is fucking premium product compared to Google Sheets. <laughs> yeah. But how do you run out of space on Excel? They're like you can have like a trillion rows or something. Well, that's how many people are clearly sick, Ben. <laughs> Oh, we don't know. Yeah, well, apparently we don't know. It's at least that many. But yeah, so actually, what I want, what I brought this up for is that we can confirm that there are at least 19 sick people in Manchester, with Cell Sharks reporting 16 players with positive tests and three support staff with positive tests this week, and causing a huge shitstorm because they they had to play Worcester this weekend, and if they beat Worcester with a bonus point. They were going. They were guaranteed a home semi. If they beat Worcester without the bonus point, they were playing an away semi. And had they lost, I think it's Bath that took their spot, or Bath or Bristol, one of the Bs, was going to take their spot in the semi. And then they yeah. then they broke with like more than a dozen fucking positive cases. They said no, we can still field a team somehow because have they forfeited the game? the Premier League counts it as a five point or a twenty nil loss. Have you seen the um the episode of the thick of it where they basically lose all the immigration stats because Ollie had it on had it on drive and he left it in a squash bag or something. Oh god. No, I haven't watched <laughs> it's, like it's just another case of like art, like life imitating art. Like yeah. at that point it was so far fetched that like a government employee would keep such sensitive data but there was that thing where that government official left their laptop on a train or whatever and i don't think they that, lost information but it was like, like you know it's like I a mean, national security breach i know of government officials who have like just put their laptop next to them at like a bar in cape town <laughs> and had of it, course you like, do be stolen alex alex was it you Ben, I don't go to bars. You, you know me better than that. Yeah, actually, uh, if it was if it was at Newlands or at Calvin Grove yeah. squash courts, we could be suspicious. Sorry. Or somehow, or, or somehow in your own home, like 
Danny stole it. <laughs> Danny would even steal. He just like slobber on it and bite it. He just like somehow managed to like just drop it. Drop it off the table, the kitchen table. He loves doing that. It's like his favorite. Like a, like a cat. I was going to say, have you birthed the cat? And then knock it off the table. It's very similar. And he just says, do what he does. He maintains eye contact. Oh, what a ruthless sociopath. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, um, so I saw RFU want to launch an investigation into sale because they're like, if you follow protocols, you shouldn't get 16 positive cases in one week. Someone fucked up somewhere. No, but, that, and... but that's sort of the thing. It's, it's, but like the number doesn't really matter because as soon as you have one, it's going to it's gonna blow up. That's how, that's how the virus works. Yeah, but so... so it's, actually, it's, it's just, so it's just one. The protocols are specifically designed to avoid that, right? Because yeah. the protocols might be like not having X number of players ever coming into contact with one another at practice. Yeah, so the trick so is... Yeah, the number might suggest know, like... they've disregarded that. Yes. Yeah, maybe. So like, the conspiracy is, and what Diamond had to sort of say didn't happen, is they obviously won the Champions Cup, or what was it? No, not the Champions Cup, the other one. Ah, fuck, the champ- uh, I don't know. Uh, championship plate like or the, something. They won Johnson, some... Johnson, I don't know. They won something oh, like last the, weekend. Like the, like, the, like the Europa League. Yeah, they won something last weekend and then went on a massive bender. And Dimes like, no, no, no. That's exactly what didn't happen. They definitely, that definitely happened. They, they definitely, definitely happened. That 100% <laughs> happened, and that's why a, a full, a full 15. Yeah, yeah, and... we, we just saved a lot of money on the investigation. Like we've really come to the bottom of it. Yeah, no, they well, won someone, and then someone, went for a bender. Someone, someone phone Diamond. Squid, maybe Squid can phone Diamond and just ask. No, well, Diamond, Diamond's the one who came out and said that didn't happen. So I think if Squid phones him and asks, he's going to give him the party line. It didn't happen. <laughs> But he's he'll take Squidge to his confidence because yeah. him and Squidge are now like pen pals. No, so no, no, you won't know that Squidge is, is secretly wearing a wiretap from Elite Rugby Vanta. Oh, yeah, um, not a bad idea actually. But although now now he's got that chasing the sun money, I don't know if he's gonna come if he'll ever talk to us again. <laughs> yeah, he doesn't need us anymore. He's, he's gonna be too cool for us. Yeah, I actually still need to watch. The first you know, what, guys, I can't believe they didn't get hold of us for that. I mean, they really could Yeah, it's fucking bullshit. Like, we were the heroes. We basically won that World Cup. We cursed New Zealand. We blessed South Africa. We all backed England in the final. We deserve that. And, like, they could have got so much material out of us. Like, we had the we had the shitting on the Springboks material from, like, 2017. We had the, like, we're the best in the world material from, like, 2018 when we beat the All Blacks in Wellington. Uh, like we had the I don't think we're going to do it material before the World Cup we had the I can't believe we did it material from after the World Cup like we had everything and we had like this weird we slow had, ball like shift over to it but like still like cautiously like no yeah. I don't think like we're going to do it but I kind of want us to where we where we spoke about Chasing Colby in a trench coat for like yeah. weeks on end which like no one else no, no other media yeah. outlets picked that up no one has the fact that yeah. he's a Actually, a penguin. No one five penguins. Do you think that's the that, that's the big reveal in the sixth in the sixth oh, episode of Chasing the Sun? Well, if they reveal it without contacting us, then we will sue. Yeah, we're gonna have to find a lawyer. I mean, does anyone here know a lawyer? Anyone of us? <laughs> if you if you are a lawyer, please dial 0800. Help me. Help help you. But my boss was like that that day. He's like, yeah, we, we're going to need some like legal input on this. I'm like, yeah, I'll try to find somebody. He's like, no, Ben, I'm talking about you. I'm like, oh, fuck. Like, oh, <laughs> oh, shit, that's me. my job. <laughs> oh, God. I've got a lot about that on my resume. 
Oh, yeah, I, was, yeah. I was hoping to palm it off. I was hoping to palm it off on a real lawyer, but no, I had to fucking draft a contract on a chore. Oh god, did you at least find like an old copy of like one on the hard drive somewhere? And just no, the it name? was like a fucking, it was like a fucking raw contract. Like I, mm. I took the a confidentiality clause and a non um, non agency clause, but the rest of it it was just like raw drafting. It was Ugh. horrible. Like, uh, I'm, I'm just referencing sitcoms here, but it's like that episode of Friends where Joey has to pretend like he knows French. <laughs> yeah. Oh, God. Like, bullshit your way to, like, a, an agreement and pay one of your mates to walk in and be like, Mr. Ben Lowe, you just saved me 100,000 Mauritian dollars in my divorce. You're the best lawyer I've ever met. <laughs> oh, good luck. I'm so glad I hired this man. Yeah. Oh, God. Um, that's why I did every year performance review. I mean, that's... I hope Ben's colors okay. in this. Get, get all my family to fill in like firstly set up my company with some sort of yelp thing and then get all my family to chip in and like I've email started. in and just say wow you know he's changed my life he's giving such solid advice like <laughs> oh fuck i was listening to a podcast the other day where the hosts offered to do that essentially just fill in as a reference if you need one <laughs> they promise not to sell you down the river <laughs> It's a lot of power to give to someone, actually. That's fucking disgusting. It's fucking terrifying. <laughs> like, they're like, yeah, I know if it's for, like, a rent agreement or a job interview, whatever, you know, just dot our deeds down. <laughs> Hit us up with a DM. We'll give, we'll give you the details. Yeah. But right. you'd have to sort of, you'd have to kind of brief them, like, write them something, like, about... Yeah, so you just... They know your name. Drop them an email, like, okay, cool, this is, this is me now. This, this is now the 300 words on me. Okay, Google just woke up. Go away. My phone just okay Googled me. Um, the the other day, uh, the other day James was talking to Siri. Really? Like randomly, I don't know. He got hold of his his aunt's cell phone. Oh, nice. And he was like, just, but he wasn't even like touching it. And then Siri just said to him, "I don't know who your mother is." Ooh. <laughs> I was going like, to be more like, "Hello, James." <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> It's a harsh line, though. I don't know who your mother is. Yeah, it just dropped the bomb. Like... Oh, the whole house. It's like an episode of Jerry Springer set up with Siri. Yeah, it was deep. He suddenly start questioning, like, fuck, how do I know who my mother is? Siri doesn't know. Yeah, like, and then start questioning. Maybe there was some sort of hospital swap. Oh, God. But yeah, there wasn't. That's fine. Well, how do you know? Because uh, James was the only white baby that day. I mean, I feel like that's a pretty thin lead to go on. I don't know. Like, I kind of back genetics, you know, with both, when, you know, both parents are white, the kid normally comes out white. I mean, um, that's been my experience so far. I've got very yeah. limited samples. I mean, Rachel Dolezal will beg to differ. Oops. Have you seen she's got a new name? Yeah, I saw she's got a new name. It's like some, like, I can't even remember. I really want to watch the documentary. So I don't. I don't even know this person's old name. Who is this person? Don't you know Rachel Dolezal? She was this woman oh. that was posing as a black. She's a white woman who was posing as a black woman. She oh, was... that person. Oh, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. That yeah. <laughs> came out very wrong at first. Yeah, sorry. <laughs> sorry, I didn't fix. There's another one that got uh, Krugman, who got also called out recently, and she's like, yeah, she was like a black woman from Harlem or something, and like they're like, you listen to her accent, they're like, no. It's not her. 
but she was a she was busted she was a she was posing as a black woman in an african studies department she was like had tenure and everything so they were like how do we get like they were like stuck in a weird place because they can't fire her and anything fuck like ross from friends when he got tenure yeah pretty much fuck bro how much how many friends references can we get into this episode we on two or three <laughs> if we get to oh, 10 God, we have to call this this episode the one where they make 10 friends episodes okay cool yeah, i'm gonna keep it tra- i'm keeping tally in my book here <laughs> okay cool. what does that count yeah, well if not we can just at the end we can just rag on adam because ross is his favorite friend God, Adam has the worst taste in friends. He does. He's got almost as bad taste in friends as he does in first round picks. (laughs) Oh, God. He's having a blinder this week on thingy, though. uh, NFL fantasy. Don't fucking remind me. (laughs) Ben, if you want to know, Alex is going head-to-head against Adam this week, and Adam's somehow pulled fucking something out of the fire by just drafting every player, essentially. Well, that that is often his tactic to draft. <laughs> He's had like fifteen transactions in like three weeks. Is that okay? I actually don't know how this league works, and I don't have time. Yeah, you, don't to have any, you don't have any cap on trades. Yeah, there's no cap on trades, so you can just. Uh, I was fiddling. Uh, like there's like there's a waiver open, but like yeah, he's he's the uh, only one who desperately. He's the only one who both needs players that badly and is paying enough attention to get them. Yeah. Like all the other people who need trade need players as bad as he does have kind of given up already. Yeah. Um, oh, so, so it's he's... quite a harsh league like that if you No, but it's head to head league, so you should never give up. Like You yeah. should never give up. One of the guys who's kind of given up is actually doing really well. He's like in the top four. He just isn't paying attention. Yeah, I think he's fixed his team a little bit, but he's now got yeah. a bench of fuck his entire bench is essentially quarterbacks. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> fuck it's <What>? a <laughs> It's a really bad strategy. <laughs> just, yeah, I'm imagine how much. See, see, if we if we had whole if we had whole league flex, whole team flex, we could have banter like this. Someone's whole bench could be fly halves. That would be funny. Uh-huh, banter uh-huh. would be fun, but the league itself wouldn't be. No, no, so Ben, it's not even like whole benches flies. It's whole benches scrum halves essentially. That's about how useful fucking quarterbacks are. Oh, I thought yeah. your quarterback was like your main man. They are like it, for it the is team, but for fantasy. They time. Oh, they don't score. One. They don't no. score as well for fantasy. No, they do. They, they're always going to be a high score. The problem is that, I mean, the difference between, like, a crappy quarterback and a good quarterback isn't that big. So, like, I mean, so, all right, rather than me say this, like, the top point scorers in the league will always be quarterbacks, but there's going to be, like, a big gap between the top-scoring quarterbacks and then, like, the top-scoring, like, wide receivers or running backs, usually. There's, like, there's always going to be one or two exceptions, but basically... Like you can wait. I like I took. I waited until the fifth round to pick a quarterback, and I took Russell Wilson, who's currently like the front running, front runner for MVP and probably going to be the top point scorer in the season. Because he wasn't considered a top quarterback at the time, and like there were just too many options. Like the fall off between wide receivers and running backs is just so much bigger. Oh, okay. So so it's like sort of a differential kind of thing. Yeah. Where yeah. You don't actually your their tenth choice quarterback isn't that much worse than your first exactly, choice quarterback yeah. kind of thing. And then with regards to having the money bench, it's just stupid because like you're never gonna not play your you're your good. best quarterback. Yeah. Yeah. And like he's only gonna have two two bye weeks the whole season. He's probably not gonna get injured. And then you can't play more than one quarterback, whereas you can play more than one running back and wide receiver. Yeah. Okay. So good yeah. To know. There you go. 
Okay, NFL corner over. Um, should we look at the announcement that the of the new domestic league system? That's the word I'm looking for. So they want to do, um, let's say, let's call it an Mzanzi Cup, seeing as SA Cup is in, a, in inverted commas. So they want to make a 14 union Mzanzi Cup, divided into two pools based on historic log standings. And then the results of that will feed into splitting up the Curry Cup into uh, eight, is it a, yeah, eight team Premier Division. And a six-team Curry Cup first division. Single, I think both are single rounds. No, okay. Premier divisions double round. Single division, uh, single uh, first division is single round. Sorry. That's weird. Why would the one with less teams be single? Because it's the teams also with we would more than likely have less money and less budget for travel. Okay. Um. Yeah. I don't know. It just sounds like the Curry Cup twice, to be honest. Yeah, but like it's uh, that's what I don't un- I don't understand why they're splitting it. They should just so, play so this, all fourteen like this, round this, robin and just this, call it there. So this this SA Cup is essentially the Vodacom Cup now. It looks like it's going to be the Vodacom Cup, yeah. But I still don't. And understand. then there's and then there's the Curry Cup, that's still the Curry Cup, sort yeah. of. Yeah, um, yeah, I don't know. Like, I, I don't think the Falca are learning much from playing the Sharks, to be honest. Yeah. And I don't think the Sharks are getting much from playing the Falca. Yeah, no, true. But uh... And it's kind of going to be one of these situations, like with everyone saying with Meow Pink here now, that um, it's, it's going to be as soon as one kind of player kind of stands out a bit in any of the smaller teams, they're just going to be snapped up by one of the bigger teams. Uh, so like, yeah, it's I think, kind of always been like that, I guess. Yeah, it's yeah but of... I think the, the smaller teams, at least before, they could sort of hide their better players. Hang on to them for a couple of seasons, at least. Yeah, they're... at least kind of get some value out of them. Like, like Valida Rue had like three odd seasons at Griquits. Oh, Vincent Koch as well. I mean, he's like the poster boy of this, that he was essentially a lone player from the Pumas to the Stormers. And then... That when it yeah. when it came good to send him back for Curry Cup, he fucked off to Europe, and the Pumas at Stonehouse was furious. Admittedly, he punched a hole in Earth, and we now call that Kimberley. No. Um. But yeah, so. Yeah, but, but uh, I don't. Uh, I don't know. I I think I agree. I think we we said quite a lot that we'd rather have more quality rugby. Yeah. less quality rugby than just kind of more because I can see what's going to happen because in this 14 round one especially almost half the fixtures are just going to be complete mismatches yeah so oh, unless all unless the sort of the big franchises send their second teams which could be possible but that's not really how South Africans think yeah, so what should happen we don't play, we somehow... We player management. What should happen somehow is actually that those 14 teams need to be split up almost like the might to 10, that like you've got the big names going off, fucking off to like playing for Border, playing for Borland, playing for Falcon, playing for Griffiths. <coughs> and like you've got like yeah, two like, names like a team be essentially. If, 
if you if you want a 14 team tournament you'd almost be better taking the the sharks the lions the bulls and the stormers and splitting them each into three teams yeah mm. and they just they're just pulling in pulling in the the other the Griquas guys and the pumas yeah and those and the pumas and the Falco, whatever because then at least the the talent's going to be evenly divided yeah. Or to some extent. But yeah, so yeah, well, we'll see. I mean it's it's early to be honest, days. it sounds like a bit of a like putting lipstick on a pig kind of thing. Like we are, our problems are a bit deeper than that. But we'll see. If it takes off and gets some good attention, then maybe it'll generate revenue and then that can be the beginning of something. Oh um oh. this is also wrapped up in uh Pro sixteen, I think it's gonna be called by then. Um so the top eight are essentially going to be sorry the carry cup top eight will be the four franchises who are in pro 16 plus the next best four teams and then i think there is going to be promotion relegation yeah knockout stages for the oh, promotion relegation for those between the, the bottom six and the middle four essentially Okay. Just thought I'd add that. Yeah, that's good. I mean, we we're always up for promotion relegation. I think so. Yeah. Yeah. No. So yeah. Also, big spoiler for everyone. I don't know if we said it last week, if it came out last week or in this week that it's going to be Pro 16 and or we voted that we're happy for it to be Pro 16 with four of our teams to join and it's likely going to be the Super Rugby teams with cheetahs fucked again. Yep. Sounds about right. Classic cheaters. Did you see that weird thing where it was like the Cheetahs Curry Cup winning team of 1976 wrote an open letter to the Minister of Sport or whatever? I was like, that is bizarre. Well, I mean, it's up there with fucking who was it? It was um, who did the who did that like GoFundMe video? What's his face? Oh, for the Kings. Yeah, uh, from Stratton. Was like, I wasn't Brown from Stratton. Was it him? I think it was him. No, it, it was it someone like that, like was. some old buck who is like involved in the coaching there, like had to like, guys, no, seriously, the players here aren't getting paid. We need help. Yeah, no, it's, it's actually, it's a bit... Yeah, it's a bit shocking. Yeah, classic. I mean, there's such a big gap between the sort of top tier and second tier in, in South Africa. And it really is like, it does come down to a money thing, unfortunately, yeah. like our... Like we we just don't have the economy to sort of be super professional across all all tiers of rugby, and I mean as we all know the top tier has its own problems. Yeah. So like mismanagement is always going to be an issue at the bottom levels, and no matter how good the talent is, both coaching and players, like you're always going to run into that problem. Definitely. So it's just unfortunate. Yeah. Um. Anyway. In lighter news. Um. There was a leaked document this week which showed that somehow New Zealand Rugby had agreed on the Rugby Championship timetable to finish on 12th of December. Even after that leaked, they were still like, no, we didn't. So, yeah, there's still a lot, of, this? A lot of he says, she you know, says. You, and it's fucking you know, weird. You guys know, talked about this and Adam, and Adam actually got it spot on. He said that they clearly gave these promises with the expectation this thing was going to be in New Zealand. Yeah. And now yeah. it's not in New Zealand. They're like, well, we're okay with you fuckers missing Christmas, but suddenly it's like the sacred thing in New Zealand. Man. Yeah. 
So there's a sort of another, I brought this up as well because there's another article on Rugby Pass where Ian Foster said one player from the squad barged in his door and made it clear he had no intention of being in quarantine at Christmas. Obviously this player has been remaining unnamed. Yeah. Didn't the quote basically say, there's no way I'm playing at Christmas? And everyone was like, but the game's not at Christmas. Yeah. So it's a moot point. Yeah, no, no. This one is, <laughs> this one is there's no way I'm, no way I'm, uh, I'm quarantining over Christmas. Uh, maybe a, I just saw like a headline on Twitter, so I could have gotten it wrong. Um, yeah. yeah, look, I mean, look, a lot of people have made very valid points on this and said like there are a lot of other jobs, including mine, where you are actually expected to work over Christmas. And... Yeah, like you is, should like not like Christmas Day, but well, Christmas like Day is public holiday. But no one's no one's yeah, asking them to like, work on Christmas Day. Yeah, but they're not going to be home. Like that's so that their thing. sports would have have a pretty cushy schedule. Yeah, especially in rugby. Like we don't have like we don't have the same kind of length of tours as cricket, or you know I don't know stuff like golf maybe or whatever. Yeah. So I just feel like you know this is like a one time thing everyone around the world is, is struggling and there's also i mean yep. there's something pretty kind of like a, there's something a bit kind of gross in a way about you know the year 2020 with so many people losing their jobs and you know people who have one of the best jobs in the world yeah i know we have a podcast and like you know we we're into it but rugby is completely non-essential yeah yeah like it's up there with fucking acting as non-essential jobs. Like, yeah, yeah, of course. Know, it is not necessary at all. Yeah. And you know, but like the fact, day, like the fact like, that there are like just, there so many people. Yeah, no. yeah, but like the what, like the especially in South Africa, you know, there are so many people who would like die for the chance to work on Christmas Day. Yeah. Because of how bad they like their financial situation is, and we here we've got like a group of twenty guys who are some of the most privileged in the world. Um, and who have like some of the most protected job security, um, just being like, nah, you know, not worth it kind of thing. I'd rather be home for Christmas. I reckon reckon you'd get triple time on Christmas as well. Yeah. Probably, yeah. I don't know. I was on unpaid, on call fucking over Christmas in case someone got cuffed and mm. phoned the office and like, yeah. go bail this person out. Fuck. It's the fucking worst. So what, you had to stay sober? Yeah. It's not great. Did you stay sober? No. <laughs> I rolled the dice on that one. <laughs> I think it's long <laughs> enough ago. I, <laughs> I rolled the dice on that one. As, as it prescribed. I don't think it's prescribed, but I don't think they, <laughs> the, the old firm's listening to this. Probably. Be surprised. <laughs> Be surprised if anyone's listening to this. Yeah, at this point, uh, this is not just a casual, <laughs> casual chat around just a bride at this point. That bot from Portsmouth. Oh, um, I miss him. We need his numbers back. Um, yeah. So that's that. And then let's see other game for this week. And then other big news from this weekend, which I think is going to be the meat and potatoes of this episode, so to speak, is the green and gold game that got played this weekend. And yeah, um, response to this game has been largely, I'd say, tepid. Yeah, like yeah, but, uh, very, but I mean, very unfairly. Like unfairly, people, I, people, yeah, people this is what I'm, this is what I agree with you. I, I, th- I think it, I think it's very unfair to compare it to New Zealand versus North versus South. Yeah. 
mainly because North versus South was at the end of the season. Yeah, this is yeah, at the yeah. start of the season. So it, it was ine- inevitable. I mean, I think it's I think it's okay to compare, but like be honest about it. Like you know, so have the caveat that you've just said. You know, the fact that it's a completely different time of the season, and also just a completely different kind of you know almost purpose. Um, I mean, there it was like genuinely a, a sort of all black trial. Like this wasn't really a trial. Uh, like uh, this was. I'm kind sorry, of Alex. Just... Uh, North versus South wasn't considered a trial. Okay. Well, it was considered Did an you... actual test match. It was considered no, an international yeah, test match. Well, remember, I saw. That's how Ian I had to watch Foster it. This was a fucking super rugby match, according to the channels Ian, I had Ian to watch. Ian said it, it wasn't considered a trial. Okay. No sure. But do you know what yeah. I mean? Like, it's just, I just think people, I think it's fine to compare it. Like, it's interesting. Like, we live in a world where we compare things, but like, compare it honestly. Um, and I, I just, I don't know. Like, I, I enjoyed it for completely different things. Like, obviously, you know, as a South African, you shouldn't, you shouldn't be upset about seeing bo- like boring scrums and penalties. Those scrums weren't boring. Who ever like, called them boring? Like, I was just happy to see South African teams on the screen. Yeah, I can understand people from other countries being like, you know, this is a waste of their time. Like, if you don't have any affiliation to any of the players, and you don't find the game entertaining, then it's a lose-lose for you. Like, yeah, you probably shouldn't watch. But for me, like, you know, I took other value out of it. I thought it was really interesting to see, like, Sanelo Nahamba playing with, um, with who was it, Damien Phillipson? No, no, sorry, for, um, with, with uh, Yankees. He was, he was on, team, on Team Green. I thought it was really interesting to see, like, you know, Stain and Similani up against Pretorius and um, even though we didn't get to see much of it, like, it was interesting. I, I mean, we got to see Yao Pen play, uh, you know, like, when was the last time we get to see him playing with, like, guys this this good? I mean, and now everyone's talking about him and talking about where he's going to get a contract. I think, I think, so. yeah, Penke owes a lot to Willemsa, actually. Yeah. I think we'd be talking a lot yeah. less about Penke if Willemsa didn't pull him off the ball, <laughs> pull him out of his line. Perhaps. Yeah. yeah, but I mean, you know, that's the thing. It's but it, it had a different kind of value to yeah. North versus South, and I really enjoyed it. I'm really glad that it happened. Look, I'm and also I super enjoyed glad. watching it. I did. I had fun as yeah. well. I mean, for me, the pro- I don't know who called the scrums boring. They were filth, all of them, every single one. They're just smashing. I mean, Ox, Ox and Kitsoff were it hilarious. Nice. Just it was. They just but took it, turns it was just nice. eating a tight end. It was a nice battle in the scrums, actually, because no one team had, like, dominance, which is actually pretty rare these days. Yeah. Mm. Well, I mean, so... We're gonna, yeah, we're gonna it was interesting. At... Like, I, I think I wrote that on Twitter as well. Like, both teams showed dominance at different times, which is really interesting. But it just showed, the, the, like, the depth of our tight five. Mm. Um, and, yeah, I mean, I thought, like, even of was kind of almost single-handedly carrying the gold... Oh, scrum definitely. at one point. Not just a scrum, like he. Was, how many pulfers did he have? Two or three. Yeah, he, he was really active he on the deck as well. He's, got, he's very good. Over like the there was one the where he came out of like once a. Once he's on the ball, he's he's immovable. Mm. Like. Guys, Steven Kitchell's so fucking good. Like if it wasn't for Beast, yeah, like would, I think we would we would like the rugby world would be talking a lot more about Steven Kitchell. Yeah, shame. Steven Kitchell like is just three years too late. Because he needed some, like, no, some time. Uh, like if he, no, but he's still he's 20. Oh, not 20 three years too late. Three years like too early. Sorry. I'm three, three years, years too early. Sorry. If he had started his career mm-hmm. three years later, so he had three years less behind Beast. Like, he still needed some time yeah. behind Beast, but, like, three years mm-hmm. fewer behind Beast. We would... He, I mean, for, yeah, for his sake, maybe, but, like, for us... Yeah, for us, it's been fantastic, but for... The fact that we had, like, two sets, like, both essentially peaking, or, like, 
like like Beast was able to maintain his form until last year's World Cup, and like mm. Kitsov was, I would say, peaking last year. Yeah. Or beginning to peak, and like that's a huge sort of component of why we were just so dominant Definitely. with our forwards last year because we were able to have well, two. Well, well, like like that whole that like double front row that like whole front yeah. row replacement at once was such yeah. a weapon. Eh? It's so but, like the, the quality. Yeah, because it's also it's, it's not a B like, front row. Like, it's soft marks. It's an yeah, A front row. Yeah, and and uh, and Koch. Like that's disgusting. Like that that would start. That's a starting front row for any team, and I and I do mean any team. Like I I think I think you'd see those guys starting for maybe not all three of them, but like probably two out of three starting for like England or starting from all backs. Okay, not 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 Georgia, obviously. Sorry, Matt. Obviously not Georgia. Mm, not like, Georgia. Yeah, no. probably not, not Georgia. Namibia. Like, yeah, and definitely not Brazil. Yeah, definitely not Brazil. Oh, no, Jesus. Yeah, I miss Brazil. Yeah, this is what COVID's. This is what COVID's taken away from me. Just like random gifts on Twitter of Brazil just eating some some team alive. That like, with hubris, just went to go tour in Brazil for a laugh and then just saw their assholes on the scrum. Like this is the real toll of COVID. <laughs> Matt, Matt's the real victim here, getting no little scrum bites. It's like that um, that episode of Friends where Ross plays rugby and he just gets oh, manhandled. Yeah, yeah. exactly. Like well, Ross is really not he, he just sort of like Ruby. We just sort of bounds in there. Like, what yeah. good on Ross was? Didn't he jump like years. over the top, like into the middle, like where they bind? Pretty much, yeah. Oh, God. Didn't look didn't look legal. No, it didn't at all. He was, it was off kind his of feet. Like he was definitely off episode. his feet. It was kind of like that other episode of Friends where Joey got his head stuck in a turkey. You know, it, was it was a lot just, like that, actually, yeah. It was just like, what, what are you doing, mate? Like, you have no idea how are you in this situation? Like, why are you in this situation? Just, you know, you almost feel like they're just killing minutes in an episode. Yeah, no, true. Yeah. And, like, much like that, let's pivot to an idea Alex had just before we started. So I'm counting that as like a that episode of Friends where they're moving the couch down the stairs. And they're shouting pivot. Um, so yeah. Alex came up with an idea. Let's do a head-to-head sort of look. Who did... Be- basically, which player got the upper hand in green versus gold. And if we... So let's also look at it as a soft buck parameter. So who you would pick in that situation as your buck. Seem fair? Yeah, good yeah. idea. Cool. Whoever came up with Excellent idea. Let's start with the one that we've just been talking about, Lucid. So, which order are we taking Kitsov and Ux as Buck and uh, well, start Green v Gold, right? So, let's start with Green. So, Green, Ux. Mm-hmm. So, I reckon. So, Ux was up against? Kits, well, let's say Ux. Okay, do you want to do. Do you want to do. Uh, head to head like that? Yo, do or... Lucid on tight head. Like, okay, Lucid like on tight head. So, the matchup. Okay, yeah. I like the matchup. Okay. So, Ox versus Ruan Drea. So, this one goes to Ox. He ate Drea completely. Whole. Like, I think Drea... I think Drea won... Or not won, but didn't give away a penalty. Like, I think late in the first half. And he got changed very quickly. Sadi came on quite early, if I remember. Was it Sadi? Yeah. Yeah, it was Sadi. came on early. Yeah. I'm sorry, where where was Dreyer? Because normally when they come back from the north they've kind of they've actually improved a bit at scrumming, but I thought he was I don't here. No, like... yeah, wasn't he playing here? No, he wasn't here. Uh, 
he was I only see him listed under the line. Unless he was injured or something. He may have been injured. Yeah, oh, Gloucester. He had seven. Ben, he had seven caps in like two years. Yeah, maybe he just had bad injuries. And he stuff. must have picked up an injury, but yeah, shame. I know, because you can say what you will. Okay, Ruan Dre, he wasn't, you know, electric around the park, but he was always good in the scrum. Yeah. Yeah, he was a very good scrummaging tight end. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, and now he seems to have, oh, maybe, maybe he just had a bad day. Okay. Yeah. Uh, I mean, he wasn't great for the Lions in, on Superhero Saturday, but I, I mean, we'll see. Like, I, also, I mean, again, we've just been talking about how good our loose hits are, so like, it might just be yeah, like, like he came up against a better man. Yeah, like, let's see what he does because, I mean, Superhero Sunday, he was also scrumming against Kutsov. Yeah. yeah. So, like, he's literally been scrumming against The Rock and The Hard Place. So, let's see what it looks like next week. That's a good run. That's a good one, Matt. Like my, uh, <laughs> Jotting that down. <laughs> uh, the ox in the hard place. Fuck. It's like that episode of Friends where, where Ross just couldn't decide between the Xerox girl and Rachel. And either way, he was fucked. But he was on a break. But not man. in a good way. Yeah. Speaking of breaks. Okay. okay, so what we 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 just done one of the one of the matchups we started talking about twenty minutes ago. Yeah, so we did Ox Andrea, <laughs> Ox clear winner. Then next one, okay, cool. Bongi versus Skara. Um, yeah, I mean, look, I thought I thought Bongi was better. I mean, Skara had a good day, but yeah, like his lineouts were not that solid. I saw Shikling like he stole at least one lineout. Mm. I don't like to bash Rooker on it because a lot of, you know, I, th- I think it's quite easy to bash Rooker on their lineouts. Yeah, and also, like, often it's very, like, it's a perception thing. And actually, when you look at the numbers, they're fine. Maybe. You but, only, um, so it's like that bias. You only remember the bad ones. You don't re- or like yeah, reporting yeah, bias. I also, only, I also yeah. found on, on Superfan Saturday, Skara's lineouts to me, did, none of them look straight. I don't know if the camera angle was off or something. Could be. But like, but for whatever reason, they weren't getting blown. So that's why I, I maybe suspected my camera angle was off. But yeah, it frustrates me a bit though. Like, because the hooker, like, you know, it's, it's just practice, really. Yeah. But yeah. Okay, so if we, so let's do that now. So between Bongi and Skara, so who's number Bongi, two, who's 16? He's just more um, I thought, I th- yeah, like I said, I'd, I'd give it to Bongi just because I thought Scarrow's lineups or set pieces weren't that good. Yeah. Um, but yeah, like I, I, I thought Scarrow played pretty well on the day. Um, so you know, not too sort of disheartened by the depth at least. Okay. Um, okay. But yeah, I'd give it to Bongi. Other side of the scrum, we have Cheetah's cooking legend. We need to. Find, where did and pull up that that ref, that that Fitbit. <laughs> cooking champion of the Cheetahs, Luan Debrain versus Stephen Kitzel. Right. Which I mean, fair credit to him. He didn't give up a scrum penalty that often at first. So, for as much yeah. as we were hyping up Kitzel, he held his own, and he's. I think he's a child still. Yeah. Well, the Kitzel's not. Yeah, that. no. 
Uh, like, I mean, it's again like this. The, the point of these matchups isn't to shit on people. Like, it's just it yeah. is what it is. Yeah, ninety-three. Um, Jesus. And the youth. Like the scrums were one component where I felt like it sort of dominated, but um, generally speaking, in terms of the all-round play, I thought kids sort of obviously had a bigger impact. Yeah. So that's obviously you know the big question: who had the bigger impact across the game as a whole? And in that case, I would say it honestly seemed like Kitsov was doing a lot of heavy lifting mm. for the for the like the gold team pretty much yeah, throughout. Like the gold side five. It, it's, was... it's quite it's quite weird because Rusty was chirping um, stick uh, Rust not stick he was chirping David um, Golden He's like oh you picked you picked David. essentially a of like all fetches because they're all short and then yeah. Kitsov was the only one actually stealing ball <laughs> maybe yeah, he got into well, his we'll head get, like we'll that get to that just now yeah there's because i've got i've got a couple of people in mind who i felt were a little bit more uh like subdued and i was expecting a bit more of them okay on that point so but, yeah next one name we've heard already stole some balls jd shickling versus salman murat don't murat me <laughs> yeah. An old school um, reference. Yeah, so I mean, like this. This is why I, I like. I don't. I kind of want to put a little bit of the blame on Scarra for the lineouts, just because he did have a friendly face, jumping for him, for Murat. Yeah. Um. But. Um. Yeah, like Shikling, I, I still felt like to, to obviously still had a lot more. Had it, had it yeah, over some, quite easily, like, yeah, I don't. See, I didn't see much of Murat and. I think the same. Honestly, I, I like I'm, I know I've I've said it before and I'll say it again, but I, I don't I don't buy the hype with Morocco. Yeah, if there I mean, still is any hype. I don't right? know. I don't think there is much left. We'll see. He might make it into someone's fantasy. I mean, he, I mean he's young enough. Like it, it, there's there's a lot of opportunity for young locks in the yeah. country right now, and like there's there's not a lot. So I think JD Shickling is the only one who's like head and shoulders, so to speak. About the others, like everyone kind of knows Jenny Shickling's going to the rugby championship. Mm. Next in line, I would say probably Marvin Ori, just because of his his background. Like he's he's been there before. But yeah. like behind the two of them, I can honestly see like any guys like Ruben Skuman, Ruben van Heerden, JJ van Amesh, Emil van Heerden, even. Um, well, I would I wouldn't mind I wouldn't mind a bit of I wouldn't mind a bit of van Amesh. Get him there early, just blood them. Yeah. Look, uh, it was interesting because he wasn't picked for the um, Superhero Sunday match, but he was picked mm. for the the green green gold. And apparently, word on the on the streets on Twitter was he came back from lockdown with a bit of a belly, uh, uh, um, uh-huh. and like that he just wasn't in shape that they wanted everyone to be in. So like he was kind of being put in like the naughty chair kind of thing. Um, and I can kind of see it. Like, he did look a little bit overweight, if you ask me. Like, not, not trying to flame him or anything, but it didn't look like he was in the best shape. But he didn't fucking play like it was a problem. So, oh, you know. This is, I like it. It's, it's kind of like the thing. It's like it's, it's like fun, function over looks, really. You know, if a guy looks chubby, but he's still ripping it up, who cares? Yeah, exactly. Like, fuck, mm. everyone and, was laughing about uh, Mal Herbert yeah, after exactly. lockdown body until he started fucking scrumming. Until he, like, exactly. destroyed very everyone fun. in the scrum, yeah. Yeah. and then went off for 30 minutes because oh, he, he, he was injured because he was injured yeah um, let's carry on with the locks lock conversation Aaron Andrews and Marvin Ori I'm gonna shoot first I saw more from Andrews than Ori so I almost wanted like neither of them shone brightly I felt and um, but Andrews mm. just 
I mean, a was it Demel- I saw Andrews on. I saw him on the screen like quite a more solid than player. I saw Murray. So. Yeah, no, but but he, I don't think he he's not a big flashy player. But that's not really what you want in a locker. Yeah. I know we chirp at him a lot for Hyron Andrews, but he's growing on me a bit actually. Ah, mm. oh, I'm, I'm I've got no problem with him. Um, but yeah, I, I don't know. Like honestly, I didn't see enough from either of them in, mm. on this particular on this case. So. Like I've got no sort of yeah, but no issues other way. Yeah. Okay. Call a draw, but if we pick your book team, we'll go for um, Andrews over Ori. Marvin Ori just on uh, okay. on experience. Okay, and then next one, I think this one's fairly clear cut. Khaleesi versus Markov and Starden. Yeah, so this is kind of what I was getting at earlier. Like I, I felt like Markov and Starden was really disappointing for me. Yeah, like he um, could have done a lot more than he did. Like he was just silent for me. Yeah, and I was I was like really anticipating a big game and like season from him, and I thought he was going to be like a fetching menace in this game because you know Rusty's jokes about like Gold didn't really have anyone um, sort of tall enough to jump the lineouts, but Green didn't really have too much of like a counter to they the did. fetcher. Yeah, like they had like these sort of big lumpy loose forwards. Um, and guys who like sort of hang in the back backline a little bit more, who wouldn't necessarily, you know, be able to get down quick enough to get on the ball, get someone like Mark of Sun off the ball. But he didn't really pitch up. And I mean, Khaleesi, I thought had a, a good game. I mean, he's, he scored a try, yeah. um, like a sort of team try. But it was a clever, um, like it was a good Khaleesi game. It was a clever team try as well. Like it showed good vision yeah. when to peel off. He peeled off like. He could have stuck with that yeah. more too yeah, long he, by accident. And he, he sort of did a little, did a little uh, sort of spin move to yeah. get get rid of Herschel Janchi's. Like it was classic, yeah, the, like it's classic Kalisi. Like that's what he brings. Yeah. You know, he's not the biggest, he's not the fastest or the strongest or anything like that. But he brings like a certain awareness, a certain luxury. I was gonna say, Ben, would you call that a luxurious <laughs> try? <laughs> no, it was quite a gritty try actually. I was. <laughs> Uh, no, I, no, I know what you mean. Um, should we look other side of the loose forwards? Anabuta and Nazim Carr. So we'll keep this conversation going. I wasn't overly... I didn't notice either of them significantly. I think... Yeah. I, I, yeah. The one time I saw Carr, he'd done something wrong. But yeah, neither of them... It was like the discussion we had with the fives. I didn't see much of either of them. It's not necessarily yeah. a bad thing, you know. It's sometimes it shows that you're just getting stuck in. Yeah. I I I want to say I noticed uh, on a Whittemore, but I can't say for sure. So I'm happy to call it a draw. Yeah. Next one is the eighth man, Vermeulen versus Shane. We're not Shane. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. I I mean they're both kind of short of expectations I would say. a little bit but shame yeah but Vermeulen edged I think just by sheer experience looked better than like Vermeulen somehow just looks better than Notche on a bad day just because I think he knows how to carry a shit game for himself yeah like he still gets involved in like the hardly stuff yeah. like the, the hard tight stuff yeah like he knows um, when to when like like nothing's going right well, well let me just stick my head down and do the bare minimum and look a bit better yeah yeah, exactly. Whereas, like, Nachi obviously relies on, like, a, b- a bit more of a flowing game mm. to be able to sort of have the kind of impact that he's used to having. 
How was he last week? I can't remember him last week, actually. Not sure, not sure, not sure playing against the Bulls. Because he also struggled then, didn't he? Um, I don't know if he struggled. Because the Bulls, the Sharks loose trio was supposed to not necessarily run rings around the Bulls, but definitely was supposed to hamper them. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, that's the thing. It's the one thing we were looking for. I think with Nacho, like he, he does rely on like very specific sort of circumstances. He's got a very like unique win condition sort of Nacho. Well, not unique. Yeah. Mm. The thing is, most eight men battle behind a pack that's going backwards. Yeah. But kind of the smaller you are as an eighth man, the more you battle when your pack's going backwards. Though know, as a as a general rule, and obviously yeah. he's kind of pretty much as small as eighth men come. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, speaking of small players, let's look at the nines. Uh, Sanele Nohamba versus Herschel Giantchis. Mm. This one was tough. Well, both... This one's tough because they were both playing well, yeah. I felt. They both played very well. I mean, I might, might just give it to Nohamba. Yeah. Um, I mean, Giantchis, let's be honest, Giantchis' most memorable moment of the game was getting bounced by Francois Stein. True. And I'm not saying I could have done better, but you know, it is what it is. Yeah. <laughs> and I mean, there was a lot of noise made in the warm, or like in the build up to the game about how, you know, the familiarity between um, Janchis and Willemser would give Gold a bit of an advantage, and it just didn't feel like that was a factor. So, uh, and meanwhile, Nahamba seemed to have like a better rapport going with Janchis almost, even mm. though they never played together should we just roll so, in junchies and films let's do all the the the, uh, the whole the uh, the the halves oh uh, well yeah. yeah i mean if you're doing that then let's discuss then no <laughs> yeah because no well, no no let's not compare that yeah but because i mean you are talking about them in the same breath let's also then yeah, open yeah, the conversation uh, just, just, just my, my comment is that the the talk on twitter is nohamba and uh now Mm. Yeah, I think Rugby Pass yeah. put out put out a article about SA's latest option at nine, and also being this weirdly, Nohamba looked fucking like a thirteen-year-old in the picture. He's tiny, in like the like an old yeah. Sharks jersey. But, but he he to me he was he was playing like he was you know he was playing as if it was the Springbok trial game, and he had to impress. Yeah, which don't know if that was. But yeah, he gave a good performance, I thought, Nahamba. But he paired well, as well now, to sort of carry on in that breath. He paired well with Junchies compared to how Junchies and Philipsa just didn't talk to each other, Weirdly, considering how inconsistent Alton Junchies is, I think he's probably quite an easy scrum uh, fly half to pair with because you just chuck him the ball and he kind of makes a plan. You do something with this That's the thing, because he's used to... He's used to playing with very, I would say, very, like, not very technical scrum halves, let's say, at, at the Lions. So, uh, you, uh, uh, I'm you trying just... to think, who, who's that guy? Oh, Michael Bondicia. I was going <laughs> to say, who are you Michael talking Bondicia. shit about? Nick Groom. I'm, like, waiting for you to, like, say <laughs> Nick Groom. <laughs> I, wonder, I, wonder where, I wonder where Michael Bondicia is these days. But he just, Michael Bondicia had, like, the ugliest pass in Super Rugby. And somehow, Alton made it look so good because he'd catch it, like, on the back foot. And... I mean, that's kind of Alton's superpower, right? Like, we always talk about Alton's, like, such a good flat, like, flat line fly-off. Like, he's the best fly-off in South Africa, taking the ball to the line. Mm. And it's a lot easier to do that, or maybe that's how you get good at it, 
when the line's constantly coming to you because you have to take a step back to catch the pass every time. And then as soon as you caught it, you're at the line and you're forced to make a play. Like, maybe that's why he's so good at the line. But, yeah, I mean, it was funny because Nohamba had really crisp service. Like, really good. Mm. And it just allowed Alton so much time to kind of do stuff. Unfortunately, we didn't really see either team using their full, the full potential of their back lines, I thought. But Alton and, uh, and Nohamba, I thought, definitely looked much more in control. Um, yeah. So if we if we're bundling halfbacks together, then Damien Williams is definitely going to sink oh any chances that Herschel Yanchi's had of um, salvaging a draw. Do you guys want a Michael Bondicio update? Yeah, yes. where's he at? So due to persistent leg injuries, he retired in 2014. Oh, okay. uh, but he's a qualified teacher, and oh. he teaches at Hoare School uh, Linden, and oh. he's an assistant coach at the Clubside Pirates now. Okay. Oh, so is he working his way through the trenches to coach one day for the national side? I don't know if I trust the scrum half to coach South Africa, to be honest. (laughs) Fair. I hear you. Yeah. Okay. Maybe maybe you'd coach like on a vet. Maybe. So here's a tough one. Actually, I think both wings are actually going to be tough ones. But first one Malcolm Yar versus Roscoe Speckman. Mm, I mean, Malcolm Yard got injured pretty early. Did he? Oh, yeah, true. But, right. I but we didn't really see anything out of Speckman. either him or, or... We didn't see anything out of either of them, I thought. Yeah. Uh, it, was, it wasn't really a winger's game. No, definitely. Um, in fact, I thought, felt like the only wing that really kind of looked or like was noticeably good was Pentley. Mm. Like, even Skassan didn't really sort of make too much of an impact. Um so i don't know i don't it feels a bit harsh calling it one way or the, or the other with yar's injury yeah um so i just call it a draw i think okay we can leave that one a draw okay let's go do you want to do the other wing and then we can chew on the meat of the centers or do you want to do it properly 12 now um do 12 i guess 12 so oh this one is unfortunate france stain versus rickus pretorius i feel like stain did well I mean, he played almost. He played more than a whole half. No. Which is forty minutes. I, I, thought, I thought Stan stood out again. I mean, again, <laughs> the biggest highlight for me was him when he killed Judges. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, Rickus Pretorius obviously didn't do anything quite like that. Yeah. So, I would say that's probably enough to tip it in his favour. Yeah. Uh, yeah, but the thing is, like, Stain has something like because I actually I did the math the other day. He's got close on three hundred caps, eh? Yeah, across that's all, crazy. Of course, all levels, like, yeah, you know, he's bloody, he's seen it all. Hey, like. yeah. I mean, in terms of world rugby, he's he's up there with, like, the most experienced and most decorated players in the world for sure. Mm. Yeah. I mean, he's a bit of an asshole, but yeah, can't can't fight his credentials. No, fair enough. And then this one, next one, Similane and Um. So Arm's a weird one because I only saw him do shit like after 70 minutes. Like the last 10 minutes yeah. he seemed to find his footing and was doing like cool offloads and looking slick and shit. But up until that point, I don't know if just being captain was in his head too much or what was going on. I don't know. Too, yeah, maybe it's obviously if your fly-off's not firing, it sort of it 
kind of cramps your whole back line quite a bit. Yeah, maybe. Because, yeah, like, he definitely looked slick as shit in the last 10 minutes. And, and building up to an almost try that at the end, I think I saw yeah. at least two nice offloads off him in those last 10 minutes. And Simulani, I didn't see too much of, so I can't really say. Oh, I think he did. He made some good, like... I, he's got a tendency, though, to to shift he kills space for his wing a bit Milani. Mm, he does shift out quite a lot so the classic Jesse Creel yeah it is a, it is a bit Jesse creel but he sort of does it in a different way because he sort of steps his way there and Jesse Creel just sort of runs diagonally from the touchline yeah so um, I don't know I like it because it often feels like he's making a good run and you're like oh he's and then actually it turns out he's actually just killed the space for his wing so mm-hmm. even though it looks like he's making impact, he's not, you know, that impact doesn't really come too much, if you know what I mean. Mm. Yeah, I know, I'm, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to watch this closely, this, and see if I can put together a bit of a theory on it, yeah. Just track Simonali's receiving point and then distance to touch, distance to touch when he gets rid of the ball. It's not like, because, you know, obviously some players prefer to step off their left or their right foot. But mm-hmm. it seems he drifts towards the left touch line and the right touch line, just kind of depending which one he's closer to. Okay. But maybe, but maybe it's because he, because obviously he's very fast. Yeah. So maybe it is a sort of a natural inclination of fast players just to try and get on the outside of something. Mm. But I mean, that's that's a bad habit though, right? Because it's probably from age group levels where he was the quickest guy in the field. Yeah. Because remember he was oh, picked yeah. a lot of wing for junior box, yeah. somewhat controversially. So I mean, it's probably a remnant of him, you know constantly being that guy who's like the quickest on, on the team and could just gas his way around the, the opposition um, which obviously isn't the case anymore yeah, so yeah, but bad maybe, you know, maybe obviously uh, Burger Odendahl's there but maybe he could do it sometime at 12 just to sort of literally mm. straighten him up a bit mm. yeah I mean I was really hoping that we'd get to see him at the Sharks 12 with Lukanyama 13 but Ooh, that would have been heat yeah then there's that sneaky little clause in his contract <laughs> yeah yeah let's see let's see what happens because I don't know hopefully Rassi hopefully Rassi's listening I one listener and he um, you know I don't even know who the Lions coach is at the moment I'm a terrible fan the Lions have a coach I can confirm it's not Michael Bondicio. He's the assistant <laughs> coach of Pirates. Yet. Yet, yeah. No. <laughs> Yet. Okay. Um, other wing. The one, I think we've mentioned his name more times than we've made friends references. And that's Yao Penke versus Kortnal Skosan. Yeah. Uh, I mean, yeah, Penke, obviously. Yeah. He was great. Obviously. See, <laughs> see any conversation we've had in the previous, like, 20 minutes. Yeah, just reference. Yeah, as as above. Skulzan is very like he's. No, I think he just needed. It wasn't a winger's game. Like oh, he needed. He needed opportunities that just didn't come for him. Like, and he's not the kind of guy who's going to go looking for work. Like a Corabetti would have been there mixing with the forwards, running off the scrum half kind of thing. Yeah. Uh, Skulzan doesn't do that, and that's not what South African wings are asked to do. So. It's no fault of his. It's just it wasn't the kind of game, and Pentley had more opportunities and did more with his opportunities. So it's just it's that simple. And if it wasn't if it wasn't for Damien Williams's villainy, 
then we, we would have seen a, a really great try for pit that would have been such a nice try it would have been such a nice like almost like a because it's is that this is essentially was his debut to like a significant chunk of south african rugby yeah. south african rugby public yeah. like i don't think yeah, very yeah. many people yeah. saw him playing for the kings and i think a lot of people in more sort of parochial parts of the country or maybe just more tribal you know, sort of more club based people yeah. might have been like upset to see you know who the fuck is this guy like why isn't my my team's winger here instead yeah and now um, yeah had he know, scored the try and now they hopefully yeah hopefully they'll now be like ah okay we, we this guy know, this guy yeah we want to actually talk we should didn't be talk about the the Vilimsa incident a, a bit much and uh-huh. to me it felt very sort of like pitch it felt very cool and washy it was very petulant it was very cynical just to grab because you can see like blatantly grabs his arm and pulls it wasn't even like, yeah, just like shouldering i don't know why, why the dmos took so long there to be honest like because i think i think that the longest part of that was actually to work out had it not happened would he have scored a try and he was miles ahead yeah, of I guess the, so. and the fact that Willemse got to the ball and dotted it down before it rolled out was was essentially what proved that Benke would have scored that try. Yeah. Because Willemse was the one yeah. who ultimately did dot it down. Yeah, no, I guess so. Yeah, and I, I also wonder if this was a different game, if that could be considered even a red card offence. Because it's, you know, it's blatant cheating. I guess maybe not red card. Mm, I don't think it would be a red card. I mean, no, it's, uh, it's not, yeah, it's like not, it wasn't it's dangerous not, or anything it's, like it's that. Not, but... It's not violent or dangerous. But yeah, yeah, but it's like an act of character foul play getting in the way of the try like it was the right well, to, penalty to, try to me, to me in a way it, it's kind of worse than a high tackle you know that just slips up yeah. obviously it's not dangerous but you know he knew what he was he was cheating essentially yeah, yeah. yeah so I, I had a little bit of a back and forth with someone on twitter about it and saying how like it was kind of like a, a, a obviously like a much lesser version of what Luis Suarez did in the in the world cup 2010 mm, yeah. um you know, it's the same kind of like rationale. Like, do you do whatever it takes for your team to win, or do you kind of do the honourable thing? And I mean, in the case like that, I know a lot of people feel this way that like, you know, Luis Suarez was justified, and like any other professional player would do the same thing in his position, and that's probably true. But that doesn't mean you have to respect it. And yeah. uh, that's the thing. Luis like, Suarez, I, Luis Suarez was also a World Cup quarterfinal or whatever it was. Yeah. Yeah. But I mean, that, that shouldn't make a difference, right? A, a, a ex- exhibition game. Yeah, I guess yeah. cheating's cheating regardless of where you're doing it. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. But anyway, so I mean, just I just feel like in a situation like that, if you're beaten, you're beaten. If you, you know, you shouldn't break the rules to kind of make up for the fact that you're beaten. Um, well, but also, is. though, because, you know, they always talk about the bounce of a rugby ball. You know, it's, it's actually, it's not over till the try scored in a situation yeah. like that so i was because, you know, kind of surprised like, that they gave the penalty like... try no i suppose but i don't i don't think it was that obvious that he would have won the race like no well yeah so like I a, like i said because Willemse got to the, ultimately got the ball before it rolled out and he was in front he pulled him from behind but yeah yeah but yeah but, no, but i mean i, I think wonder... it, i think it should have been a penalty and a yellow card but i, I don't know if i would have been confident enough to give a penalty try but yeah. but well, what's the is there like a sort of a standard sort of test because at that point so do you sort of freeze time at that point and then assume all players run at the same speed or do you take into account like say say hypothetically it happened on halfway 
but the two offending players. So Willem support Penke back on halfway, but there was a prop about five meters ahead of Penke, uh, yeah. a, um, a gold prop. Yeah. Would they consider that Penke was rowing against someone who he was clearly faster than? I think they counted as so there wasn't. There's no defender in front of Penke. The the victim in this. Just so, so, they, so they just look. They just look defended. They don't kind of. Yeah, they wouldn't. They wouldn't be like, oh, he's he's fat and slow. Like, yeah, he's not like going to go. I think they they tend go to go look. Hey, hey, quickly, hey, hey, Stephen, do you mind running fifty meters for me? We want to time you to just, yes. just see if you Stephen, yeah. click and go. It will look. Kitsov's a terrible choice because I mean, I I met that dude in Korea who okay. got reeled in by Kitsov while they played club rugby I, in I, Cape Town. I rate Kumquat incoming. Yeah, no. <laughs> Kids of yeah. running down the okay. rugby pitch looks like looks like that scene from Back to the Future, just two flames shooting down. Anyway, um, so the last matchup I think is the matchup closest to Adam's heart, if there was if there was ever going to be one. The fullback from his online Curry Cup team, Gianni Lombard, versus his ex-favorite fullback from his favorite franchise, the Bulls, Warwick Gelant. So I think this one was a bittersweet one for Adam to watch. Yeah, I like. I mean, I thought um, I thought Warwick Holland was probably the best player of, of the whole game. Mm. I mean, sorry, not Warwick Holland, uh, Jenny Lombard. <laughs> sorry, <laughs> Jenny Lombard. I thought stood out as the the most exciting player on the day. Yeah. Um, like if I was it, doing it, it like was a quite... little winners and losers, he would have been my number one winner. Um, it, it was it was quite weird though because I would say he was probably the the green team's biggest weakness. Looking at it. Yeah, at the start, like of the starting players like before the game yeah and he really he really stepped up like i think maybe uh, the sharks it won't be such a big drop before the match mm. yeah yeah i mean it, i thought that yeah, was interesting okay and then but yeah do you want to just do a bench or or well, just do like uh like i was impressed by Werner Koch. yeah Werner Koch did well yeah uh, Bosch, um, Bosch made a weird. De- who made the decision to kick for the poles at, at that late stage in the game? Well, I, I don't think it was Bosch. Was it? Would it have been um, That was a weird choice. Yeah, I think so. Bosch didn't yeah. play yeah, too badly. They, they were maybe he was trying to get within fourteen or something. He was going for the losing mm-hmm. bonus point. Cade, uh, Cade Volata. Yes, he was. Was like, was like surprisingly. Not terrible. Yeah, like he was. He wasn't. He was good, what, but he was not bad. He looked mature what for what he needed to do. He, like he just the, looked mature. What was the idea of picking this guy? I don't know. Maybe they're trying to like lock him in. Yeah, maybe just to have him. He flirted with France. Yeah, maybe just to have like a twelve-year-old fly half option in case that we can slowly groom. In case what they ban all people under twenty-one from playing over twenty-one from playing. Yeah, I don't. Boys, um, I'm yeah. gonna wrap this up and go make dinner. I think yeah, I think that's yeah. pretty much us. There's nothing else left to discuss, so yeah. Um, okay. all credit to Green. I think with our matchup, it I wasn't counting, it went in their favor. Much like Ross got chosen by Rachel in the end, so that was the wrong choice. But I think we made all the right choices, <laughs> and yeah, Ben, Alex, thanks for joining me. Thank you, Matt. What what was our final tally on the friends reference? Okay, wait. I just made another one. So I think eight. We're too shy. Uh, damn it. Oh fuck. That's a bit sad. 
That's okay, but, but do you know what else is? Do you know what the? But, you know, the, maybe we were like that time that fat, ugly, naked, tanning guy. Um, they think he dies, but then he doesn't. And he sort of rises, so maybe we'll rise and reach ten somehow. Ben, yeah, Ben, that's a lot better than me because I was going to say on sad days like this, guys, don't forget I'll be there for you. Oh, and that's <laughs> dead. There you go. <laughs> There's a little bit of a force at the end, but then again, so was season eight. Yeah. Cool. So I think that that is ten. Well done, guys. <laughs> is, is season eight the one where, where Rachel started dating Joey randomly? I think so. That's that does that's track, why yeah. I picked it. But um... yeah, that was a terrible season. Yeah. Yeah. Much like Adam's the, choice the in or... Favorite Friends. Yeah, from season I, I, 8 I, to I, season I, 10. I, I quite like it because, you know, uh, Ross and Rachel had a kid. Mm. And then they just yeah. actually realized that this kid wasn't super convenient for the show. So they just, yeah. you know, the kid was just never there. Yeah. Yeah. Like, as 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 a kid owner, the kid is always fucking there. I'll tell you that. <laughs> as oh, a God, kid. Yeah. I, I, I like that, Ben. Please tell me that's on your LinkedIn profile. Kid owner. Kiddo. <laughs> Alright boys. Yeah, let's say goodbye. Oh, I feel like yeah, this has run its course. Yeah. Thank yeah, you. I felt it run its ran its course for about ten minutes. <laughs> yeah, no. Thanks very much for hosting Matt. No worries. Cheers guys. Cheers. Chat soon. Bye. Cheers, cheers. cheers